What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, college football preview. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Wise Money Sports online, wisemoneysports.com. Professional portfolio almost every day of the week. A couple days in there that they're passing on games. But what it is, it's a collective portfolio put together by professionals for you, the better. Online, wisemoneysports.com. On Twitter, at wisemoneysports. All right, so uh, like we do every Wednesday, I'm going to uh, play back a portion of College Football Weekly, a show that I am on, hosted by Will Chambers, and we go through this weekend's slate of college football games. So let's waste no more time. Get right into it. All right, first up is a Friday night game. Uh, Ohio State at Northwestern. Right now, Ohio State, 28-point favorites. Over-under here is 49.5. So... Ohio State, they're 4-1 and one against the spread so far this year. 5-0 and oh on the first half number. North, what, you look at Northwestern in this game. Quarterback Hunter Johnson is questionable to play, but it doesn't really matter in my opinion because both Hunter Johnson and his backup, Aiden Smith, have nearly identical stats and they aren't good. So both quarterbacks, they're completing less than 50% of their passes. They Each of them have one touchdown and four interceptions. So that's terrible. Not Doesn't bode well for the Northwestern offense. Also, only one win for Northwestern in this matchup since 1971. Wow. That's not good. Uh, but you also look at their schedule. They have very close losses to Stanford, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. I know not uh, Wisconsin being the best one there. The other two are still solid teams, though, better than Northwestern, I would, uh, I would argue. Maybe none of those quite on the level of Ohio State, though. And then when you look at... The last three meetings between these teams, they've all been wins by 21 points or less for Ohio State. So this is one where I look at... Now, Ohio State is coming off a bye, which does bode well for the Buckeyes here. And I think... You know, I don't have to explain to you guys about how great Justin Fields is in the Ohio State offense. That's pretty standard knowledge at this point, right? And so I, what I want... I've been on Ohio State against the spread all year long. Uh, I've been on the first half number, which should be right around 14 or 15 for this game, by the way. And I, everything in my in my heart wants me to take Ohio State here. I want to just ride that wave of them hammering, uh, crushing that spread. And look, it's certainly possible, but Northwestern kind of scares me. We saw them do it against Wisconsin where a much better team, they played a much better team on the road, by the way, and played them very close. Northwestern gets this game at home, and so I'm definitely not – look, Northwestern's not going to upset Ohio State. Those, I, I put that at basically 0% chance. But 28 is a big number for a team like Northwestern that has played a lot of uh, stiffer competition. Very tough. And certainly we could look stupid here and Ohio State could end up blowing them out by 40. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But something tells me this game could be kind of close. They played in the Big Ten Championship game last year and Northwestern lost by, I think, 21 or 24. So once again, that 28 number is big. Ohio State does have a bye. So... Maybe with the bye, you know, you give the edge for Ryan Day to come out with a really strong game plan. So if I was going to bet it, I'd probably just be on Ohio State first half there. Maybe they're up 17 at half instead of 14 or 15. But I got to be honest, I'm a little scared. I, this could be the game where finally 
Ohio State's overvalued in the market. You know what the over-under is in this game, Will? 49.5. Okay, so they're expecting about 20 points from Northwestern, 20.5 points. I would go team total under for Northwestern. Okay. I don't know if Ohio State can necessarily cover the 28 points, but I think the one thing this year that's been really undervalued, if anything, for the Buckeyes is that defense. Yeah. And the, the reason they're covering isn't necessarily the offense. It's been next level, but it's because they're not letting teams come back and backdoor them, so on and so forth. Uh, I like Ohio State to stifle that Northwestern offense. I think Ohio State can get around the 21, 28, you know, maybe in the 30s, but that won't matter. My best bet is under team total for Northwestern. It should be about 21, 20 and a half points. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. I, I didn't look at that, but that's a nice bet. So. Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, next up, Boise State, minus six and a half at BYU. Over under for this one is 50. Now this is an 8:15 p.m. kickoff for uh, for them. So that's getting near my bedtime. Time. Yeah, that's a very late kick. So Boise has won three in a row against BYU. Uh, the Cougars, of course, have played a very tough schedule. The record is just two and four, but they have played tough teams, and especially at home. Uh, or excuse me, they played teams tough, and especially at home. But quarterback Zach Wilson is out with a thumb injury, and I don't know how they're going to be able to manufacture points against Boise's defense here. I should also note, Boise State quarterback Hank Bachmeyer is also injured. He's questionable to play with a hip injury that he suffered last week, but his backup Chase Cord has played very well. He's uh, completing close to 60% of his passes. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions. So the way that I see it here, look, I know BYU's got a very strong, you know, it's a solid defense and they're tough to play at home, but the way I see it is that even if Bachmeyer doesn't play, the Broncos still have the advantage at quarterback. And if Bachmeyer does play, even better. So I like Boise State here. This is another one of those things. I don't know that I have uh, hardcore stats to back it up, but I feel like late at night, Boise's very good at night games. They've been they play a lot of late night games. They're good at that. Boise a very I think they're undefeated right now, aren't they? They're ranked seventeenth uh, yes, yes, or they something are. like that. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen. Um, so I like Boise here at six and a half. If it gets above six and a half, it gets to that seven number. Maybe not so much. But I like them at six and a half, and even still with the chance of Bachmeyer coming back and playing. Yeah, early reports are saying he will be back this game. Oh, and, really? And if okay. that is the case, then I do like uh, uh, Boise as well. I said it early on in the season, BYU, this is a sell year for me. That doesn't mean sell every game. I've actually played on BYU a few times this year, but this is one of the times you want to sell the Cougars. Boise State has not had a problem with BYU the last couple years. And keep in mind, that was with Bronco Mendenhall as the head coach. I think this new head coach at BYU is definitely a downgrade. And this line, to me, takes in all those, those last uh, games with Brock Hall into account. Um, if you do get Bachmeyer back, I think Boise State definitely finds a way to score. And again, BYU, a bit of a depleted defense this season. I think this is one of those games they kind of get picked on. Uh, the six and a half point spread, I think, is very good. I'll take anything up to seven. Boise State, 15 5 and 1 against the spread. Their last 21 road games. So they're very good going on the road and getting a win. And let's talk about Boise State's defense. This is an underrated defense. We all focus on, always focus on Bachmeyer, the way they can move the football. We understand what they did in Florida State coming back in the second half. I get that. But the total has gone under in eight of Boise State's last nine games. Wow. Average score, 41 points. So, Will, defense has been playing well. As long as they can find a way to get on the score, Board, which if Bachmeyer plays, that should be the case. Give me Boise State minus six and a half. All right, we're both on Boise. Add that to the list of games. There Tower we and I go. both like. Love uh, it. Next up, Arizona State going on the road at Utah. Utah, 13 and a half point favorite at home. Over under is 48 and a half here. This one is all about gut feeling for me. Uh, Herm has proven twice, Herm Edwards, coach of Arizona State, he's proven twice already this season he can take his team on the road against teams that have an identity of playing tough and physical and get wins. 
He did it at Michigan State in Week 2, and he did it at Cal when they were undefeated and ranked. And he's doing it all with a true freshman quarterback in Jaden Daniels, who's quickly becoming one of my favorite players. I love watching him play. He's completing 63% of his passes. He's got eight touchdowns and just one interception for a true freshman. That's really impressive. And look, I've, we've talked about it all season long. I like Utah a lot. But as the season has played out, their resume is starting to look a little suspect. I mean, who's their best win? BY, at BYU week one? They beat Washington State at home, but now Washington State is 3-3 three and three and not really looking like a tough team. Uh, Utah also lost on the road to USC. Now, look, they just hammered Oregon State at home and scored a ton of points. But once again, none of these are really impressive wins to me. Then you look at Arizona State's resume, it's much more impressive. Not to mention, Arizona State has won two straight against Utah, including two years ago in Salt Lake City. All that, and and you're going to give me 13 and a half? I'll take it. Sun Devils will cover here, and they might win outright. I'm riding that Herm Edwards train. For the Devils! (laughs) The Devils! I'm right there with you. I like Arizona State plus the 13 and a half. And I also like the under in this game. I think both defenses show up. I think Arizona go, uh, Arizona State is able to, to frustrate Utah. I don't care whether this game is played in Arizona or Utah. I think this is a really good matchup for Arizona State's defense this season. Uh, keep in mind, Utah, they are 7-0 and straight up their last seven games at home. But in those games, only 3-4 and four against the spread. The average winning margin has been concerning if you're looking to back Arizona State here because a lot of the rhetoric is people going to Utah have a tough time winning. I think a lot of those numbers are baked into this into this line, which makes me feel that much better about taking the Sun Devils. Arizona State 4-1 and one against the spread their last five games on the road, and the total has gone under eight of Utah's last nine games in conference. So Utah, a team that's used to keeping teams down with their defense, Arizona State, very underrated defense this season. I think that the, the Sun Devils go on the road, very tough defense Defensive, uh, 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 kind of conservative type of game. So, with that being said, I think there's a great chance for Arizona State to cover the the 13 and a half points because when points are are expected to be low, the points are at a premium. That's just natural. So, Arizona State keeps it close. They cover the spread, and we hit the under as well. Right now, I have the over under at 50.5. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I've even seen the over under as low as 48 and a half. So. You know, take take that however you want it, but um, we're both on Arizona State there, so we both feel good about the Sun Devils. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you look at yards per play right now, Arizona State five and a half yards per play, Utah six point nine yards per play. Utah has a bit of an edge there, but still not great st- for, for yards per play. I think right. both defense has the advantage here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Arizona State they haven't been an offensive team. I think they're they're not scoring that many points, but it doesn't matter because their defense is keeping them in it, and they play these kind of slow, physical, tough games and. With the way Herm Edwards has coached up this Jaden Daniels, he's been really uh, good at protecting the football. The games have been close, and they always have a chance there late. So when you're talking about a 13.5-point spread, I just think you know it's hard to take Utah here. Yeah, I agree. It's tough. All right, next up, Oregon. Minus three going on the road to Washington. Now, I don't have a lot on this game, but I will say the Oregon defense has been super impressive. Washington has kind of been an up-and-down team, and I know this is a – very tough place to play. Washington, traditionally a very good team at home. I don't think they've lost Oregon at home now in about five years. Uh, so three points. Look, you know, we mentioned it earlier. We talked a little bit about it earlier. I don't really love the Oregon offense very much. Uh, Justin Herbert, I know he's got all the quarterback measurables that NFL guy, NFL teams want, 
but I don't put a lot of faith in him being the guy that can go down and win you the game uh, when it's close and late. But this Oregon defense is so underrated. They're very physical. They've been, uh, you know, they haven't given up a ton of points. And when you're talking about Jacob Eason, even though he's had he's had some good moments, he's had some bad games. Washington now with a couple bad losses on their record. They lost to Cal and they lost again to who did they lose to the. Uh, last week. Can you look that up for me? Oregon? Uh, no, Washington. Oh, yeah. It, it was uh, Stanford. That's right. Stanford. Yeah. I mean, Stanford, a terrible team that was losing to everybody. And Oregon, or Washington loses to them. So it's tricky because when Washington gets home after a loss, I could kind of see them maybe blowing out Oregon here. I could also see Oregon blowing out Washington. So I don't love this game either way. What I will say is the over-under is 50 and a half. I tend to lean under there. Uh, I, I think this game could be low scoring. I think that Oregon's defense is really good, and Washington at home is, you know, just a hard team to score on. So if I was going to lean, I really don't like this game. If I was going to lean one way or the other, I'd probably go under the spread of fifty and a half. It's still minus three. Yeah, this is a Oregon weird line, right? It's kind of reeky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I see lines like this, and I just don't understand it. I mean, yeah. Oregon. Honestly, if you were asking me to make a, a spread before the game, I would have said Oregon's like a. Not like a touchdown favorite, but they're on the road. Yeah. But still, Washington's looked so bad. And that's why this kind of scares me is because I think it any game that seems obvious, I don't like it because yeah. it seems obvious right now. How can you not take Oregon minus the three? They're going to kill Washington. And they probably will. I have no reason to think that Washington's all of a sudden be. This is the thing. Is we, we often talk about teams like Florida last week who have the players to take that next level. USC, we've talked about that before. I don't know if Washington can do that. I don't know if Washington can just snap their fingers and play football at the next level. I think they've been playing their hardest all year long, and I can also assume that because Chris Peterson is that kind of coach where you don't really take weeks off. So it's not like, well, Washington, they're really going to... I don't think motivate... I guess what I'm saying is I don't think motivation matters as much for Washington as it does for many other college football teams. Right. I think they're pumped up for every game. I think we get the max effort every game. So I would certainly lean Oregon, but I just don't... It's a tricky line. It is a very strange line, and for things like this, I just you don't have to play it. That's yep. the beauty. Is uh, if you're talking about sports betting, that's that's the one advantage that we have over the the casinos is, is, or the house and the market. You don't have to play every game. Right. They have to put a line out for every game. So this is a pass for me. Yeah, I agree. All right, next up, you just talked about Florida. Florida, they go on the road to South Carolina. We mentioned they just got a big win on the road against Georgia. Now they go home. They get the Gators. Gators. Six, six and a half point favorites on the road here. This game is all about perception. So last week, the Gamecocks, they beat Georgia on the road. Florida got beat at LSU. So naturally, I think a lot of people will say South Carolina's got a chance here. But despite, you know you know what I say to those people, Will? You just don't get it, do you? You don't. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, look, despite everything I've said about Florida in the past few weeks, I was impressed with how they looked against LSU. And their quest for the SEC championship game is still there. Look, uh, LSU is in the SEC West. If they want to win the SEC East, they got to start with these games against South Carolina. They got to beat Georgia, so on and so forth. And I think Kyle Trask is better than Felipe Franks was. I think he's a, a really good quarterback for them. Dan Mullen has done a good job with him. He looks pretty good against LSU. And South Carolina, they needed a lot of things to go their way to get that win against Georgia. They needed to miss field goals. They got kind of a, uh, a pick six, uh, and Georgia just wasn't putting up points on offense. I expect Florida to be able to score a lot easier on South Carolina than what we saw last week out of Georgia. And you look that win against Georgia, I just think that's more of an anomaly than an indication that the Gamecocks are figuring things out. Now, the last six matchups, 
between these teams has been decided by one score or less, so take that with a grain of salt. Even still, I think Florida gets the bounce-back win here. South Carolina comes crashing back to reality. I think Florida rolls here. I like them by more than a touchdown. Take the Gators. Yeah, it's a, it's a sharp handicap. I think most people are going to say, well, South Carolina just beat Georgia. As I said earlier, I think that game was all about Georgia underperforming. And and Florida, I mean, they, they just lost that tough game to LSU. Again, that game was all about LSU. Florida's a very good football team, and I think they make a statement on the road at South Carolina. I like this 6.5 a, a lot. Uh, I like Florida as well. Sweet. Once again, uh, Maybe now is the time to uh, jump on the games where Tyler and I seem to agree. We seem to be doing pretty hard. I know, right? Yeah. 13-4, and four, just to get that out there again. May as well let them know while we're, yep. uh, while we're doing well there. So, Well, not to say I think we're going to do poorly. Let's, let's keep that going, man. Yeah. Get a couple wins this week. So. I agree. Next up, I think this one is uh, going to be on the bet board. So, we Baylor. going to get a board. Baylor goes on the road. Bet. What? Would you like to bet on it? <laughs> Baylor on the road at Oklahoma State. This number right now is about uh, three, three and a half points for Oklahoma State. And I really think what this comes down to is how much does the bye week help Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State coming off a bye. Baylor, of course, played last week uh, Texas Tech uh, at home. They get, it went to overtime. Look, I don't think Oklahoma State has been very impressive. Their best win is beating Kansas State, maybe. They've got losses to Texas and to Texas Tech. And in both those games, they gave up an average of 40 points. So I think their defense is really bad. And then you look at Baylor, on the other hand. They've got better wins. They beat Iowa State. They beat Kansas State on the road. They also beat Texas Tech, a similar opponent there. I think their defense is much better. And they've won five of the last seven against Oklahoma State. I think Baylor will come out with a defensive game plan where they will try to take Chua Hubbard out of the game. They're going to double-team Talon Wallace. And then say, hey, Spencer Sanders, come and beat me. And look, he's got some solid passing numbers. That's the quarterback for Oklahoma State, by the way, Spencer Sanders. He's got some solid passing numbers, but he also has eight interceptions to go with the 10 touchdowns. He, I don't, I just don't trust him enough. I know it's the square pick. This is why Tyler's all over uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State here. I know it's the square pick to go with Baylor, who's undefeated and is finally getting hype. But I just think that they can win this game outright, and if you give me three or three and a half, I'll take it all day long. All right, so I am going to go to the pokes here. I start comparing what these teams have done this season, and you just mentioned the schedule, and it's funny. I think that a theme that that I notice with you is you look really deeply at the schedules, but you can't often tell, and we talked about this last week, in college football, it's so tough. Most of these teams only have like three or four games a year where you can really tell how good they are. Right. And I think it's easy to over to react to losses. Look, Texas Tech is not a very good team this year, and they beat Oklahoma State by 10 points their last time out, but I think that is sticking in the minds of people when it shouldn't be. The key is not Oklahoma State's defense this game, because what Oklahoma State does... Excuse me, what Baylor does, Oklahoma State can stop very well. Now, a lot of people could say that's the case with Texas Tech. Texas Tech is running a bit of a different offense this season. Baylor is running that true spread them out, air raid type of offense that Mike Gundy does very well against. I know that Baylor has the history against Oklahoma State, but Baylor, last couple years, that's against the spread, right? Or is that is that straight up? Uh, five out of the last seven straight up in okay. favor of Baylor. And I also have the uh, against the spread numbers here, too. They're doing pretty well there. Maybe that's factored into this line. I'm not so sure. A lot of times they do look at the past, so that may be factored in a little bit, Will. I'm not so sure there. I think Baylor goes on the road and gets beat. I like Oklahoma State to come back. And, well, after it, it's tough after the Texas Tech game. If a few things go right in the Big 12, I think they are right now probably the third best team behind Oklahoma and Texas. So I think Oklahoma State makes a point this weekend. It's a stylistic mismatch, I think, in the favor of Mike Gundy. We could get a bit of a scoring 
uh, uh, shootout here, right? I'm not saying Oklahoma State's going to come out and stifle this Baylor defense, but through the course of 60 minutes, I will take Oklahoma State. What is it, three-point spread here? Yeah, three, three and a half. And, uh, and that number might be on the move, too. So. And, and I mentioned that I go through and look at some of their stats this season. Oklahoma State outscoring Baylor 39 and a half points a game to 37. The only thing Oklahoma State's not doing as well as Baylor this, this year is passing yards. And I think that Oklahoma State's gotten... You mentioned the eight uh, interceptions Spencer Sanders has thrown. Seven of those have been in opponent territory. So it's not like they're giving the other ball, uh, the, the, the other team, the ball it, with bad field position. They're putting their defense still in semi-good situations. And I love the yards per play for Oklahoma Oklahoma State this year. They're really getting chunk yardage when they do game plays. And I think that Baylor, you mentioned the games they played this season. This is where they get exposed defensively and also a, a, a tough game on the road. Oklahoma State traditionally a lot better at home. So I'll take Oklahoma State to cover the three points. Let's get it on the bet board, Will. On the bet board. Um, yeah, look, I I just like what Matt Rule has got going on at Baylor. I think he's brought life to that program. Those kids, are they feel confident right now. Uh, I mean, look, the win against Iowa State was big for them. Also, so the over-under here is 66. How do you feel about that? Would you lean I don't, over there? N- uh, uh, no, I wouldn't because I, it's tough for me to get a good flow for this game. I mean, I could see – honestly, I know how he just got done kind of shitting on both defenses – I could really see like a 7-7 game at the end of the first, a 13-10 right. game Slow at half. Slow start game. Exactly. And then we get some scoring in the second half. And I think that no matter what, the the flow of the game, I still kind of like the Cowboys. So if it's a shootout, I like you know the Cowboys to, to keep up with the scoring. If it's a low-scoring game, I still like them. So I'm going to stay away from the over-under because I can't get a good read for the flow of this game. Um, yeah, it's just funny because last year it felt like you could bet the over in any Big 12 game and it would hit. And then this year, it seems like a lot of them have been going under. So um. I, do, I do have a straight-up stat. We mentioned that Baylor has had some pretty good success straight-up against Oklahoma State. Baylor's 1-11 straight-up their last 12 games when they go to Oklahoma State. Oh, wow. So when they played at Boom Pickens Stadium, 1-11 straight-up their last 12. Okay, but I think they did win the last time they were there, didn't they? Or maybe it was two before that. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I just one, have one the stat. The, that one win was recent. That's what I know. might not have been the last time it was before that. And... Will's point there, sometimes when you're evaluating data, you have to decide, do you weigh the most recent things, right? Because if they're 1-11 and their only win was 12 games ago, that's different than it being their last game. So that that's a valid point. There. Right. All right, next All right. up, uh, last but not least, my Michigan Wolverines go uh, on the road Will. at Penn State. It, this is a night game. It is a whiteout game, uh, which spells trouble for Michigan, if you ask me. So Penn State, nine-point favorite here. That's a big no- That's a big number. Look, <laughs> I feel like I've been negative about Michigan all year, and for a good reason. They they haven't been good against the spread. They were up early. They were up like 28-7 on Illinois early last week and then let Illinois back. All of a sudden, I, I was at the Oklahoma-Texas game. I get a text. I couldn't. Uh, I had no service. <laughs> I couldn't see the score, so I'm yeah. texting a buddy of mine who's a Michigan fan. I'm like, what's the score? It was 28-7. Now, all of a sudden, it's 28-25. And I'm going, oh, my God, are they going to lose <laughs> on the road at Illinois, a terrible team? Yeah. They ended up pulling it out. They ended up scoring a couple more touchdowns there. They won 42-25. But still, that doesn't bode well when you're letting Illinois back in the game. And now you got to go on the road to Penn State, who's one of the best teams in the country right now. They're undefeated. Their defense is incredible. And then you look at the previous, the recent history between these teams. So Michigan State – or Michigan State. Michigan last year blows out Penn State at home. Uh the year before that, Penn State blows out Michigan at, uh, when they're at home. The year before that, Michigan blows out Penn State at home. Are you seeing a trend here? I am. It's that the home team is pissed off about the previous year. They get revenge and they blow them out. I think you could very well see something like that. 
Penn State's uh, stud defensive end pass rusher Yetter Gross Matos. He is questionable. Uh, 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 what? Hmm? His name is uh, Yetter Gross Matos. Of course I, it is. I believe he's Greek. I could be wrong about that, but uh, he's questionable. He's a, he's a really good player. But then you look at the injury report for Michigan on the other side. All three of their top tight ends are questionable. Zach Charbonnet, their true freshman uh, running back, who's been pretty pretty solid. He's probable, but not 100%. What is his name? Zach Charbonnet? Zach Charbonnet. Dude, these names recently. I'm, I'm loving these names. I know, yeah. You know what I like with a You're nice... You're going to like uh, this next one. You know what I like with a nice uh, sirloin steak sometimes? Some Charbonnet. Nice glass of Charbonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan's best pass rusher, Quiddy Pay. Another good name. Hey-o. He's questionable. <laughs> now, look, the Michigan defense has looked a lot better over the last few weeks. They did give up some points there to Illinois, but I think that was mostly based off of turnovers, and the Michigan team continues to fumble the ball. They had two big fumbles against Illinois. It's like they give up two fumbles every game, and if you're going to tell me that they're going to fumble twice at, at Penn State, there's no chance they're winning that game. The nine number is big when you consider that Michigan does have a lot of talent, but this offense just still feels a little rusty. They don't have a lot of rhythm. Uh Shea Patterson, man, he's just like a cock tease. He shows you all this. He shows you all this great stuff. He shows you flashes of what he could be, and then the next play, he looks uh, a little skittish there in the pocket. He's t- turning the ball over. He's fumbling, throwing interceptions. So I just don't feel great about this. I'd love to tell you a different. I'd love to say that Michigan can go in and get the win here. I don't see it. As far as the nine point spread goes, look that that does feel like a big number. But what I come back to is that. The last three years, the home team has blown the other team out. I think Penn State wants revenge, and I think they'll get it here. I think that there's a very good chance they keep Michigan below 14 points, and I think Penn State could score 40 here if they play it right. But it's not just that they, they, these teams take turns blowing each other out. It's that, to me, Michigan the last couple of years has had an elite defense, and they don't have that this year. Yeah. So if anything, the one missing ingredient in that is Michigan's defense. I think right. Penn State routes in this game. I think they take this as an opportunity, primetime stage against a Michigan team. And we've debated this all season long, right? What does the brand mean? Even if a team's not as good as they usually are, what does the brand mean? I think Penn State is looking at this as a real opportunity, primetime TV, to tell the world how good they are. No one's talking about Penn State right now at all. For any postseason, anything, this is their chance to prove everybody wrong, go get a huge win. I think Penn State blows them out this game. I think you could be right. And look, I've never been a huge fan of James Franklin, especially his his in-game decisions. So it tells you a lot when I think that, you know, his team's got a chance to really blow out. That, that tells you how I feel about Michigan. These fumbles though. I don't know if that's that's going to keep up. I mean, yeah, doesn't they've that been have to so stop like, at some point. Yeah, that's what Michigan fans have been saying for the last like 4 weeks. It's like, well, <laughs> we have to regress back to the mean and yet yes. they just keep doing it. They keep it comes from the quarterback, it comes from the running backs. The running backs are taking turns fumbling the ball. And you know that that's an emphasis in practice. It's not like these coaches are going, whatever, it's fine. They've said it. Like every they do, uh, they do. What is it called? They do uh, ball wet ball ball, drill. ball security drills every single day. And and from everything I've heard from the coaches, that they're not fumbling in practice. They just get to games and they're coughing it up. And so I don't know when it's going to stop. What I do know is that if Michigan has any chance to cover or win here, they can't turn the ball over. And because I expect Penn State to be able to score here. So I don't know. It does. I do think that Michigan will look at what. Iowa did defensively to kind of slow them down, and maybe that will give them a little bit of benefit there. Michigan's secondary is very good, so I think Sean Clifford, it won't be easy for him to just light them up, but what I'm worried about is the run game. I think there's a very good chance that you could see Ricky Slade and a few – it's kind of a running back by committee there at Penn State. 
I think you could see those guys get a ton of yardage. A lot of people don't understand how truly important and crucial turnovers are. Right. Did you know that in football, and this is a rough number across the NFL and college football, did you know that in college or <laughs> now in football, okay, if you win the turnover battle, you win against the spread. You cover the spread about 70% of the time. Yeah. Turnovers are essentially probably the most important stat right. in football. But also when you start looking at data, and I know this is a weird concept, turnovers are largely luck, right? And what that means is is year by year, you look at teams in the NFL, college football, and there's almost zero predictive value to turnovers. Right. You know what I mean? The, the Patriots this year... Not predictive year, value, but predictive outcome, right? It's that... It's well, that, predictive v- value and outcome... Because there's always value in getting enforcing turnovers. Well, but, but I mean, predictive value be just the, the, the term. Right. Predictive value. Because what, what you want to do in betting is, and that's something that you boil down a lot of bets to, is a PV, a predictive value. How much... Ca- what is the value on the team? And it's it's essentially kind it's of like, like a, a volatil- volatility type yeah, of thing. Sure. How, how how much will they land inside this this same number? And um, so so when when you're talking about the distribution of points and things like that, it all really comes down to turnovers. And what you find year after year is that when you look for how do we predict turnovers, how do we predict interceptions, fumbles? It's almost it's it's pretty random. And this is strictly statistically speaking. You put right. in these numbers and you find there's almost zero. Again, you know, kind of value to predict when there's going to be turnovers, how many there's going to be. So I think there is something to this whole, it's going to regress back to the mean. But then again, I mean, this is a a debate. This isn't true one way or the other. I'm not saying this is it, because the great debate is, it's not really a debate whether are they luck or not. It's how much luck are they, right? Is it... Is it 50% luck? Is it 75% luck? Is it 25% luck? And so now at this point in the season, you start to think, is it in these players' heads? Do you get more of a propensity for a problem right. because they're stressing it? So uh, it is a debate, but it's just funny that when you do plug the numbers in, it's so tough to predict game by game, week by week, the turnovers. Right. But those who do win the turnover battle cover 70% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I mean, you're right. It's Michigan's bound to have a game where they don't turn the ball over and they hold on to it. But at this point, it's like, you can't <laughs> – I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't say, yeah, no, this is the game where Michigan's going to figure it out. They've done it – I mean, they've done it against good teams. They've done it against bad teams. They struggled to hold the, hold the ball against Army, Middle Tennessee State, all almost every single game. So I just don't like Michigan here. We're both on the same side here. So pick Penn State. There you go. All right, there we go. Hope you enjoyed that and hope you have a nice week in college football. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.